In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, this parable, commonly called the parable of the prodigal son, is one that we have probably heard many times. And for me personally, it's my favorite parable that Jesus communicates to his disciples and by extension to us because honestly, all of Christianity is in this parable. Everything about our lives, especially about the sacramental life of the church is contained within this parable, especially regarding the sacrament of confession. So with the parables that Jesus tells us, there's always something to explain about the kingdom of God. There's always something in that parable that's revealing more about the truth of Christ's identity and the kingdom of God. And oftentimes there's a twist in the parable. There's something unexpected that happens. And that is the key to leading us to what the lesson is, not just as something to read and admire, but something to implement in our lives. So we know what happens in the beginning. The younger son claims his inheritance but if any of us had a son that came to us and said that, we'd be offended. We'd be shocked. And we'd be very quick to reject that request. How can my son come to me and claim what I have when he usually would get it upon my death? In other words, the son is trying to cut himself off from the father, trying to separate himself from his father and his father's house. But what does the father do in this parable, who is clearly a figure of God the Father? He allows the son to do what he asks. He grants the son this inheritance. So that is speaking to how God the Father deals with us when it comes to free will. We might know this, we might take it for, uh, take it for granted, but we are created with free will, which means we have the choice to do right or to do wrong to look at God's will and go after it, or to look at God's will and ignore it, and to think that we can come up with a better path to what we might think is happiness. So that's one thing we need to look at and appreciate immediately in this parable, the fact that we are created with free will to be in God's house or outside of God's house. So this younger son goes and loses everything, and the English translation of the gospel reading doesn't quite tell us everything about the meaning of what it is to lose everything. The word for squandering his property, the word for property in Greek is usia, which means substance. He squandered his substance. He squandered himself. He lost himself. That is a very heavy thing to think about. After leaving his father's house, he didn't just lose stuff. He didn't just lose time. He lost himself. He was no longer complete as a human being. That is something very heavy to think about. So, we can stop there and say that because the rest of the parable is going to complete the meaning of what it is to have a fulfilled self, a complete self. How does this lost self find its way back? What does reconciliation look like according to what Jesus is saying, not according to what I'm saying? 
What does reconciliation look like? So the younger son realizes, he comes to himself, and this is the, the, the wording of this parable is too beautiful, honestly. While the father had given him everything, he realizes that no one gave him anything when he was hungry. No one gave him anything. While in his father's house, he had everything. So he practices an apology, just like we do when we were young at least, when we do something wrong, when we break the rules of the house, we practice how to say sorry to our mom and dad so that the punishment's not too big. And he does this, he goes back to the father's house after he was a slave to others. He goes back to the father's house and the father sees him and out of his compassion and his mercy and his love, runs to his son, doesn't even let his son finish the entire apology, doesn't, doesn't let his son become one of the slaves of the house, but immediately calls for a banquet. He immediately calls for a celebration and accepts the son, telling the son, you were dead, now you're alive, you were lost, and now you were found. We're gonna celebrate this. This is a big deal. Is only the father happy in this circumstance? Is it only the father who has a party? It is, is it only the father who's accepting the son back into the life of the house? No. The entire house has a banquet. The entire house participates in the party. The entire house rejoices and is happy that the son is back, that the son has been welcomed back into the household, that he is not a slave anymore, but again, a son. Brothers and sisters, when we go to confession, we might think, as Catholics who have been informed somewhat about what the sacrament is, we might think that we're just going into a room, confessing our sins to a priest, and receiving a prayer of absolution and having our sins forgiven. That's true, that is what happens. But there is so much more, and oftentimes it goes unnoticed, oftentimes people don't know about it, it's unrecognized, and because of that, the perceived value of the gem of the sacrament of confession is not there as it ought to be. When we go to confession, we are in the role of this son in this parable. And in this parable, it's not just that the father is forgiving him of his sins, but he's rejoined to the community of his father's household. When you and I, especially when we have a mortal sin on our soul, go to confession and confess our sins and receive absolution, we can then do what? What do we do after that? We participate in the rest of the Mass and then we can get in line to receive what? To participate in what? The banquet that the Father has prepared for us on this altar. The banquet of the memorial of the passion, death and resurrection of His beloved Son. And Him as the host is not preparing for us just any banquet. But the food of that banquet is a transformative food. It's a food that takes us from being slaves to sin to becoming sons in the Son. It's the food of His own body and blood. You won't see a more beautiful display of love in any other faith. You won't see a more beautiful display of love in any relationship on this earth. Because this is the only thing that can transform us to what we cannot do for ourselves. Brothers and sisters, this is also telling us something about our own humanity. And that is 
It's not healthy to exist just as an individual. It's actually backward, against our nature, to exist just as individuals. We are, we are created and are meant to, be, to exist in community, to live with others and for others. And that is why when we confess, we're rejoined to a community, not just to communion with God. I hope all of us examine our conscience on a regular basis. I hope all of us confess between ourselves and God on a regular basis. I hope that's true. Because some people will complain and say, why do I need to go to a priest? Why do I need to go to confession when I can just express repentance between me and God? I hope you do that. But if you're going to live the, full, the fulfillment of what Christian life is, if you're going to live in the sacramental life of the church, you must also be rejoined to God's community where you can go and participate in the banquet that he, he prepares for you through the priesthood and the church that he instituted for that purpose. It's only within a community that you can fully conform yourself to the image of Christ. It's only within a community that you can love others, that you can forgive others, that you can show mercy to others, that you can be another Christ to others, that you can learn from others, and where others can do all those things also to you. You can't do those things if you just exist as an individual. You can't do those things if you think repentance is an individual act. So brothers and sisters, Today, let us look at the parable of the prodigal son in a way that maybe we haven't looked at it before. And let's gain a new appreciation for the sacrament of confession, especially if we have mortal sins on our soul. So that going to that sacrament and receiving that absolution and then participating in the banquet, God can look at you and I and can say to us, you were lost and now you're found. You were dead and now you're alive. Amen.